I'm News Nation senior national correspondent Brian Enton, and every week I'll take you behind the scenes of my life on the road, working on the stories that you care about the most. Here's where I'll share all the great interviews that don't make the final cut and tell you the stories behind what you're seeing on News Nation every day. It's all part of the puzzle I'm putting together to keep you informed. This is Enton Across America. Hey everybody, this is Brian. I hope you're having a good week. Um, it's, it's been an interesting week for me. It's been like one of those weeks where I've been reflecting a lot and sort of thinking a lot, um, mainly about Gabby Petito uh, because it's the, the two year mark since Gabby Petito's body was found um, <clears throat> in Grand Teton National Park. Uh, and um, if, you, if you follow me, you probably already know the situation with Gabby, but um, for those of you that don't, um, Gabby Petito was a beautiful young woman who went on this road trip with her boyfriend, Brian Laundrie, and um, you know they, they were supposed to be on this incredible trip together, uh, and he ended up murdering her, um, and then disappearing, and then he was later found dead. He had killed himself. So um, the two-year mark now, two years have gone by since, um, since Gabby was found. And uh, I just want everybody to reflect on that for a minute. Because if you follow me and if you're in the true crime space, um, this is a case that's probably really near and dear to your heart too. Um, I'm close to Gabby's parents now because I covered the case so extensively. And I know this has been a tough week for them. Uh, But I just wanted to remind everyone because Gabby was missing for quite some time before she was found. And, um, you know, everyone was looking for her. And it it really exposed me to how many missing people there are out there. And it also exposed Gabby's family to that issue. And, And so many missing people don't get the coverage they deserve. And it was Gabby's case that inspired us at News Nation to start this missing series. So we do a missing um, story every single week. It's not just like a little story, like we interview the family, we go find out you know, what happened when the person went missing, and we, we try to bring attention to cases that aren't really getting coverage because there's so many missing people. Um, Marnie Hughes, uh, one of our anchors, <clears throat> excuse me, at, um, at News Nation, and then uh, producer Paige, uh, who, you may follow on Twitter too. She's my one of my best buddies. Um, they put that together every week. But you know that was born out of the Gabby Petito story. We we realized when we were done covering Gabby and it ended so tragically um, that like we didn't want to just move on. Um, so we've been covering these missing cases at News Nation every week. They're all on our website. You can also submit. Um, you know, if, if you know someone who's missing that you want us to profile. Uh, and on Twitter, sort of in memory of Gabby with, with the two-year mark, I also tweeted out, if you want to check out my Twitter, um, 10 other cases with pictures. People who have gone missing all over the country, again, that just aren't getting the, the coverage they deserve. So I've been reflecting on a lot um, this week in terms of, of Gabby's case, um, how it changed me as a, as a person and a reporter. I mean, I wasn't really into true crime or really part of this community um, until I started covering um, the situation with Gabby. And um, that story changed me as a person and changed who I am as a journalist and changed a lot of my priorities in terms of what I cover. Um, I never really covered missing people until that case. Um, so I've just been thinking about that this week a lot um, and, uh, and also thinking about her and her family. They're going to be um, at CrimeCon this weekend. I'm going I'm to also be there. Um, and and uh, they're going to be on a panel and 
it's important to them not only to have people remember Gabby, but to make sure that her legacy includes, you know, changing laws when it comes to domestic violence and also, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I have something in my throat, and also um, making sure that more people are aware of missing people that don't get the attention they deserve, especially uh, minorities and, and missing men. Missing men don't get a lot of coverage. So uh, we, we made a pact to um, take that seriously at News Nation, and, and I'm, I'm really proud that we've kept it because a lot of other media outlets just sort of moved on after the Gabby case, and I'm glad that we tried to do something important and that that was born out of Gabby's story. So I've been thinking about that this week. I'm looking forward to CrimeCon this weekend. I'm obviously going to see the Petitos there. I hope um, if you guys are listening to this, you can, you can come by uh, it's in, if you're in the Orlando area. Uh, we'll all be there this weekend. Um, I'm giving a speech on Saturday about crime reporting. We're also going to have a booth um, at the convention. You can come by. You can say hi to us, hang out. We'll be there um, all weekend. So um, that'll be uh, that'll be really nice. So just wanted to mention that since it was the two year the two year mark, I felt like that was uh, important. But but moving on, there's this other um, really really awful story that I've been covering uh, for the last couple of days. If you've been watching News Nation, if you've been watching Banfield, you've probably seen it. There was these two teenagers in a car in Las Vegas, and they are live streaming as they intentionally hit a bicyclist, an older man, a 64-year-old man. His name's Andreas Probst, a former police chief, an avid bicyclist, a dad, uh, just on his morning ride, this guy went on his bike rides in the morning, and, and you see this disturbing video. I mean, I, I can't even begin to explain how disturbing it is. And in a way, I'm like, don't go look at it. But at the same time, I tweeted the video with a warning because I do think people need to see it because it's just a sign of the times. Um, but these two teens think it's like a prank to go and, and basically run over this guy. That's what they're accused of doing, and it's on video. Um, and just they laugh in the video when they do it. Um, one of the kids said something like, hit his ass. Uh, and it, it's just so disturbing. And this man died. Um, his daughter spoke at a news conference. I mean, th this man had a family. And it, it just got me thinking about, like, what is wrong with our society today? What is wrong with young people that, that do this? What has gone wrong in their life to cause them to do this? Like, I remember when I was a teenager, <clears throat> I would do what I called ring and run with my friends, where in the neighborhood we would go and we would ring a doorbell and run away. And that felt <clears throat> so wrong. And like, I remember getting in trouble. And I felt like that was a, like a, you know, a, a really naughty prank. And now there's kids today running people over. I mean, my God. Um, so I want you to listen. I talked to an a investigative reporter, Vanessa Murphy. Um, she works for our, our News Nation affiliate KLAS in Vegas. She's been covering that story really, really um, intently, going to the court hearings with these, I want to say kids, but they're teenagers. Uh, and, uh, and listen to what she had to tell me about it. KLAS news reporter Vanessa Murphy. Uh, Vanessa was in court this morning when one of those teens uh, was before a judge. And I know, Vanessa, when you cover juvenile court, it's tricky. It's not like normal court because you can't video the kids and they're very careful about releasing names, um, but you were still there, you were able to get into that courtroom. Tell us what it was like, what did the teenager look like? Did he look remorseful? Um, take us inside that courtroom. 
Hi, Brian. Yeah, both teens were in court, but they were in separate courtrooms. I wasn't able to get inside the courtroom with the accused passenger. I was in the courtroom with the teen who's accused of being the driver in that video. He appeared virtually from a juvenile detention center. Um, there was a hearing master who confirmed he did not want us to use the teen's name at this time. He did not let us bring our camera in the courtroom. Um, the teen didn't have much of an expression. His mother was there uh, with a Spanish interpreter. This is the hearing where the teen learned he will no longer be in juvenile court. He is heading to adult jail and adult court. He will be facing that murder charge. Both of the teens are expected to face that murder charge. Okay, so you saw the driver. Um, it's interesting they're now going to go to adult court, so we'll maybe get a mugshot, get the name, be able to actually see video of who these teenagers are. Um, you mentioned a mother. I mean, what was the mom's reaction to all of this? I just keep thinking about the parents. I mean, I don't, I don't want to blame them, but at the same time, I just, th there had to be more to this, other issues in these kids' lives. I mean, what was the mom like? Well, we had done some digging previously, and we learned that this teen has a lengthy criminal record in the juvenile system. Yeah. So she exited the courtroom, uh, went to the parking lot, tried to talk with her. Uh, she seemed remorseful. I asked her how her son got to this point. Uh, she said that she was sorry. She doesn't know how. Uh, in a later conversation with another one of our reporters who followed up in Spanish, uh, she said she was embarrassed to speak with me. She doesn't know what happened here and how could God forgive what happened. I mean, in a sense, I feel for that mom, but then you say lengthy criminal record, and, and that's new reporting. I haven't heard that yet. Um, and it's like no surprise. I mean, these things don't just happen in a vacuum, uh, Vanessa. Um, you've been digging into it. Have, I mean, is there any more detail you can provide? Is, do we know any more about the previous, previous crimes? The records are sealed, but we do know this isn't just a one or two time thing. He is very familiar mm. in the juvenile system here. Uh, many things on his record, but now he's not going to be in the juvenile system anymore. Um, I will say I saw some sort of tattoo on his face um, in from juvenile detention center. Again, they appear virtually, or at least he did. There was some sort of tattoo. I, I couldn't make out exactly what it was, um, but his mother was there. Brian, some of these kids are there. They have no one showing up for them. I was at a court appearance uh, on September 11th for him, an earlier court appearance. We were allowed to have our camera there, um, but we had to blur his face when we showed that video. At that time, both his mother was there and his sister. It's interesting you say tattoo on the face because I think that's why I'm so happy you were able to come on and you were in the courtroom. You know, we, we think kids, we think juvenile, but I mean, this kid has got a, a tattoo on his face um, and apparently a lengthy criminal record and you just have to wonder, did the system fail here? I'm gonna be very interested when we find out and hopefully we will what those other charges were and should he have been locked up already. Um, what about the other family of the passenger? I know you didn't see him in court, but have you been able to talk to his family at all? 
did some digging. I tracked down his mother. I called her. She initially hung up on me. She was asking how I got her information. I explained uh, that's my job to get her information. But again, she hung up on me. I sent a text message to follow up. And then she sent me um, a text message saying she wouldn't comment, but, but she did comment. And let me read this to you. She said, with all due respect, my family is in awe right now. We are not making any statements or addressing any accusations without our legal team. My son's side of the story will be told, told, quote, the truth, not the social media version or inaccuracies the media will try to portray. Then she said, thank mm. you. I mean, well, look, I mean, innocent until proven guilty, but at the same time, um, we've all got the video, we've all seen the video, uh, and it's going to be very interesting to see what the records are when you're able to get your hands on those. It's not easy with the juveniles, so you've been doing really great work, Vanessa Murphy. Uh, thank, thank you for you. joining us tonight from Las Vegas. Thank you. Okay, I want to uh, bring in Phil uh, Ramos. He is a retired Las Vegas homicide detective, 33 years on the force there, so he, he knows the system well there. Um, first of all, Phil, like, what do you make of this? I mean, you, you were there for three decades. Um, we've never seen anything like this. What, what's your reaction? How's Las Vegas reacting to this? You know, everybody's pretty much in shock, Brian. Thanks for having me, by the way. Um, when I saw this video, I was just disgusted. Uh, I ride that very route myself three or four times a week. And I recognize the area and I saw where he was going and I'm in that very same spot. But you know, the level of depravity that it took to commit this, it speaks a lot to the people who, who did this. You know, the, the driver, number one, they switched places later. And then it, it um, you know, you touched on it earlier, their behavior has to be explained to some extent, but it starts at home. They don't, they're not raised like this. It starts at home and that's where it goes wrong and, and they just spiral out of control, especially at this age. To commit a crime like this, so heinous, at this age, I'm not surprised about the tattoos on the face and I'm not surprised about the lengthy juvenile history. Yeah, I found that so interesting, the tattoo on the face and then what Vanessa was able to report that there's a long criminal history with at least one of these guys, uh, the driver. And I've covered these cases in juvenile court where these kids get a slap on the wrist for violent crimes. And we don't know what his are yet, but it's long, Vanessa said, the, the, the rap sheet. Um, they get a slap on the wrist. And this isn't just like, you know, stealing a candy bar. I mean, these kids do awful things and they get right back out because they're juveniles. Uh, I mean, how do we fix that, Phil? You know, that's a tough question because... Uh, everybody wants to not coddle, but go much easier on youthful offenders. But by the time they get this age, it's too late to try and rehabilitate them in the new age way that everybody's trying to do right now. That doesn't work. I mean, these these charges, I'm, I'm sure, involve uh, violent crimes, serious property crimes. Once a teenager has gotten to the level of criminal behavior that these two guys got, that, that that's pretty much the way they're gonna live the rest of their lives. And hopefully these two will be living that life in prison. And we heard uh, the uh, the statement from the, the family of, um, I believe it was the passenger saying, you know, essentially don't listen to the media, you know, the truth will prevail. Is, is there any chance, Phil, that, I mean, could it be the wrong kids that they arrested? Or I say kids, we know these aren't kids anymore. They're, you know, 
17 years old or so, but could they maybe have gotten the wrong one based on that family statement? Or do you think that maybe it's like the parents are in denial or what do you make of that? Yeah, absolutely. These are the, the guys 100%. There's no doubt about that. Uh, the, the evidence is there. It's overwhelming. The families are reacting like families do. You know, when their kids get in trouble, oh, no, that, that's not my son. That's not my daughter. They couldn't possibly do something like that. But the reality is going to hit them as soon as um, the, the proceedings start and all the evidence is revealed because there's going to be much more evidence come forward uh, as a result of this investigation. And uh, I can tell you, my uh, my former co-workers in there are relentless, and they're going to dig up every piece of evidence that they can to document the authenticity of that video, number one, that they were the ones in that vehicle, number two, and that there was also another series of incidents, criminal incidents, that happened before Mr. Probst was hit and killed. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, especially when it moves to adult court, where we'll be able to... Uh see the records and, and hear exactly what's going on. It won't be so secretive. Uh, Phil Ramos, thank you so much for being with us tonight. We appreciate it. Okay, I want to get to uh, Darby Fox. Uh, she is a child and adolescent uh, family th uh, therapist. Um, Darby, you know, again, I, I just, I don't know what to make of this big picture here. Like, obviously, this is, a, this, is, this is worse than a lot of things we've seen involving teenagers, but there's so many other things, too. Um, it's just, it's like they don't have a regard for human life to laugh. I mean, like what's happening? How, how do you explain this? Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So, Brian, I mean, that is true. I think that these two guys in particular, we could go ahead and say, are um, have some kind of pathological disorder or some, we would call it antisocial personality disorder, whether that be a psychopath or, you know, sociopath. It doesn't really matter. There is something that is disconnect. And I would think that we look back at their backgrounds, their family, something was missing. Typically, people that can go this far, especially at age 17, feel like they kind of um, are owed something by the world and that they're going to mm. go ahead and go forward with this. There's no empathy. It's really aggressive. There's no remorse. This level of disconnect is something that's pretty pathological. Yeah, and I know it's, it's a complicated question. It can't be easy to answer, but like what causes uh, teenagers to be like this? I mean, is it like video games? Is it the violent movies? Is it just that, you know, m maybe the parents are absent? Like how does it get to a point where they would think killing someone and hitting them with the car is funny? So I think, Brian, it's it's a combination of those things. And the, lit the research really tells us that a lot of the video games, even the violent ones, don't tend to lead towards criminal behavior with the regular population. So let's be clear about that. That's with healthy kids in a warm environment where they can walk away from it. That's what the research tells us. But for people like this, there's a real connection, and it also kind of gives them an idea. Let's try that. 
Can we get away with that? They're not really operating in a day-to-day world in a family environment where we're accountable. We don't you know, swear at our mom, we go to school, we abide by those social rules. They really don't conform to social norms. And that's where we see the parents definitely what it is. Was the mom absent? Was she working all the time and really wasn't there? Um, You know, was there abuse? There's something in that background in the home that would create this kind of depravity. It's hard to say exactly, but- Something definitely in the home. Uh, It's just, I mean, I I still can't wrap my mind around trying to think of what would cause a teenager to do this. Even when we go cover the shootings on the streets and it's teens involved, it's like they just pull the trigger and they don't realize like that there's a human life on the other end. It's it's awful. Darby Fox, thank you for, for trying to help us understand it. We appreciate you coming on tonight. Thank you. So again, just a really, really disturbing um, story. We're going to stay on it. Uh, News Nation has been all over it. It's been interesting. A lot of other media hasn't really covered it that much, and I'm not sure why, but uh, we're going to stay on it. We'll make sure that we have um, someone at these court appearances involving these um, these teenagers who uh, who are accused and, and see the way all that, that plays out. But my heart goes out to the victim's family. Again, I know he has a daughter. She spoke at one of the news conferences. Just, I mean, it's just... Um, just a tragic situation. So that's the update on that. Again, um, hopefully I'll see many of you at CrimeCon this weekend. Uh, I've never been to CrimeCon, by the way, so I don't really know what to expect, but I'm excited that so many um, experts are going to be there. I mean, it sounds kind of funny when you say CrimeCon. It sounds almost like a joke, but it, it's actually serious, apparently, and I'll, I'll learn more this weekend because there's all sorts of experts from different um, you know, parts of the crime community um, and then there's a lot of victims that come from, uh, you know, from cases that you've heard of. Again, the Petitos will be there. So, uh, so I look forward to meeting everybody this weekend, and uh, hopefully I'll see you soon. Thanks for spending some time with me. To see what I'm up to next, make sure to tune into News Nation. And if you don't know where to watch us, just go to www.joinnn.com. You drop in your zip code right there on the channel finder, and it'll show you the broadcast channel we're on in your area. And don't forget, we're on all the streamers too. Hulu, Roku, YouTube TV, and we're also on Amazon Alexa and Apple CarPlay. If you have a story you think that I need to know about, then just hit me up on Twitter. I check all my DMs. You can find me there. And I'll catch you next time on News Nation's Enton Across America.